This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Matchup is set. Uh, we will see the uh, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs trying to defend their title against Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And to me, the first of all, the, the term "goat" is going to be <laughs> overused, <laughs> oversaturated, ridiculously used over the next two weeks. Um, I think the term is stupid. To be quite frank, I think it's dumb because for. For the longest time, and, and to this day, if you were a goat, that means that you screwed something that up. That used to be the bad term, right, right, yeah. right. And then someone got, got cute and said, greatest of all time. Oh, that spells goat, so now we're- Why not boat? Happens. Best of all time. Best of all ah, time. there you go. Okay. Has a much different connotation. <laughs> okay. I, and, had and thought, I, I didn't know we were going down that road. As a society, okay. we've gotten too- Everyone has to be cute. It, well, right. here's the thing. Can't you just enjoy the moments for what they are? Does everything have to be? This guy's the best player of this, or this guy's the best player of that. Yeah, um, you There's, know, it's the it's the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan argument. It's the you is know, LeBron better than Jordan. Right. Now, it's or, just right, right, right. it's silly. It, it is. Guys from different eras that they don't match. It doesn't. Right. I mean, comparing Montana to Brady, even or you know, um, I also hate that we have to have a label for everything. Your your goat boat conversation. Like, I'm so hard, tired of. Let Russ cook. That's what we've. But we can't talk about that with the other thirty-one quarterbacks. Yeah. They'll throw enough. You know, like whatever. Why do we always have those stupid labels and hashtags or whatever? I guess I'm just old. Uh, but along those lines, I've been asked about it five times already. What about Aaron Rodgers? He's one in four in conference championships. Right. I mean, Matthew Stafford's never won a playoff game. Never won a playoff game. You know, <laughs> Drew Brees is five hundred in the playoffs. Does that take away from their? From what they've done, right. that's what I was just saying. I think yeah. Peyton Manning's slightly over five hundred. Yeah. Drew Brees is one game over five hundred. I think Manning was. He might have been at five hundred. I think he was under five hundred. Maybe okay. He was, he was hovering right was, around. He was, was fifteen and fourteen, over. or fourteen and fifteen. I okay. can't remember which yeah. one of this. Yeah. And you know, Brady's or uh, what's his face? Brees is just one over. I think he's ten and nine or nine and eight, something like that. And Rogers' conference championship numbers are or uh, his win losses are bad. I mean. But it's only five games. Right. Know? I mean, it, no one cares when the Pens go one and four in five games or the Pirates or whatever. You know, I mean, it's it's such a small sample size and it's tough and it's such a team game and he didn't get a lot of help yesterday. By no means do I tarnish Rogers' accomplishments at all. But I do think kind of like the Jordan thing you mentioned, Brady's reign really hurts everybody else. Yeah, that, I mean, that's <laughs> really the... really does. That's the th- I mean, and to me, it just drives home to the point, and I said this last night on, on the final word on, on Channel 11, and I, I've always said this, it's about the Jimmys and Joes more than the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the players, if you don't have that great player leading you, no. you're not nearly as good. Belichick, no, Belichick, Belichick won seven games this year. And I said at the beginning of the year, if he won eight games with that team. Oh, I thought seven games was a heck of an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. 
But he didn't get him into the playoffs. He didn't sniff the playoffs with that team. No, not even close. Nor do I think but they would have with Brady. They would have been. They would have been. They would have been, been better. They would have been better. They may have been in, in competition have, for for a wild card. Yes, agreed. I mean, their passing game was so bad, and Cam could. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, balls. it was, it was it the worst. Better with it Brady. was the worst in the league. It was the worst passing game in the yeah. league, and, and a lot of that had to do with Cam. They would have played much differently, of course. But Brady wasn't good last year with them either. I no, mean, but he got but he got him into the playoffs. But he got him into the playoffs, and then you see him with. Godwin and Evans and all these guys around him and protection. And, and a defense. Know, and a defense. Defense. See, that's the story no one's talking about to yeah. me was the the Bucks D should get the game ball for that. Absolutely. In that game to me. I've said all along, I, I can't believe Todd Bowles is not getting any. I know. I mean, the, the guy, I thought he did a good job with the Jets. It's the Jets. And he has head coach experience. Head coach experience. He's, he's got I'm that sure defense. i do some things different and better this time around. Just yeah. like Belichick in Cleveland. You right. Know, the second time around goes a long way. And that guy should have gotten should have gotten some play in the quarter. Like, there's still one opening. It's 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 in Houston. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're deciding, bet- uh, you know, they're down to uh, Leslie Frazier and... And Biennemi, I think. And Biennemi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to, to me, Todd Bowles' Bowling, name was never mentioned. Never I don't mentioned. Think he did ever ever did an interview this, this off season. That needs to change. Uh, I thought that defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage. They had a good plan. You know, like I thought Green Bay was pretty thoroughly out coached. I mean, there was two huge plays that that there are obvious evidence to that. That play at the end of the first half when you're in single coverage, like you're Greg Williams trying to, you know, yeah. like what are you doing there? And then obviously kicking the field goal when you should have went for it, and I thought was obvious. But they did stupid things, in my opinion, too. Like, when they rushed Tom Brady, they tried to get all their pressure from these wide outside lanes, too, as opposed to coming up with them. Like, we know, everyone in the world knows Brady's yeah. look, you know. And um, Bowles didn't do that. You know, Bowles got a lot of pressure with four. His guys were beating up on the, the tackles for the, the Packers. And the Packers didn't adjust and help it's them. It's also, you know, you know, it's knowing that, that Rodgers likes to step up in the pocket. Yeah. You know, and when he, you know, just rush your guy, bull rush your guy when he tries to step up in the mm-hmm. pocket, disengage and grab him. Right. I mean, <laughs> Sue and Vea, I mean, just yeah. these monster power power rushers, they're not, they're not going to get too far upfield. And they didn't, you know, it was, a, it was a good situation. And I thought the Packers also showed they could use another receiver too. You know, Devontae had a, a, a little bit of a tough go of it and – the Packers' deed to me is all over the place too. But yeah. to your point, I mean, I thought the Packers or the the Bucks D was the underreported story yeah. of why the Bucks had the, the better players, the mm-hmm. better team, mm-hmm. and in in you know in that case again, it's 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 always 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 nine times out of ten comes down to the Jimmys and Joes as opposed to the X's and O's. No, oh, yeah, um, you know even if. <laughs> Even if they if, if they don't give up the touchdown at the end of the first half, let's say they give up a field goal instead, or they you know or they they you know the Packers go for it on fourth down, if they they still had to get a touchdown there and yeah. a two point conversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's like far from a given. Yeah, it's not the only reasons they lost. They no. were the worst team. But yeah, that they were outplayed by uh, you know a team. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they turned the football over. And, and that it, brings me to the Chiefs too, because like Andy Reid's a phenomenal coach, and and their X's and O's are great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that trio of Kelsey Hill and Mahomes might be the best one I've ever seen. It's I damn mean, near unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Yeah. It really because is. they're 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 different. They're things. so complementary yeah. to each other. Because if you're going to take if you're going to play deep and not allow Tyreek Hill to beat you over the top, Kelsey's going to kill you. He's hit 15 passes or whatever <laughs> yeah. he did yesterday. And you know if you're the other thing too is if you're going to if you're just going to play basic zones, Mahomes will kill you with who no matter whose guys are. 
and nobody's got the guys to play man coverage against Kelsey and Hill. You know, maybe one of them, but not both. And then, you know, Mahomes and Reed figure out all your adjustments and all those things and scheme it up. But those two players, I threw it out on Twitter. I mean, is Kelsey better than Gonzalez in Chiefs history? I mean, I think he's in that conversation now. And for a while there this year, I even said it, and I regret ever saying it, saying Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. It's Tyreek Hill. I mean, just in terms of fear. Who do you want to play against? Not him, is all I know. I mean, he is a scary dude. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't know how much of it, too, is, the, is you know, the quarterback plays into mm-hmm. that. I mean, if he, if they have a lesser quarterback, are they a scary? No. Of course not. No. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it's just a it's a, it's a perfect marriage of all three of those, all three of those things that, yeah. that makes them so difficult to, to, to defend. Um, you know, I, I just thought that, that, that both of those games were – they were they were both fun watches. They were they were, and there was a lot of points, and uh, we saw great players on the field. I mean, that's what championship games should be to me. And again, the, how you opened this conversation, there's be too much narrative on the negatives. I mean, was Buffalo overrated? I'm hearing that. I mean, yeah, they had a great year. They learned. They made the conference championship game. Right. You know that that's they're going to be everyone's pick to win the East next year. They'll probably win double-digit games. They may win the Super Bowl and look back and say that was the we learned so much from that playoff. If run, you if you, know? you look at it from you know what they potentially could lose in salary cap standpoint, they might be in the best shape of all the teams. I think they are. And, you know, uh, come to think of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they're they're going to roll it back and add a first-round pick. And do now it. their question is going to be the same question that's taking place in Cleveland. The same question is taking place in uh, in Baltimore. Is it, t- is it time you get a, you have to uh, pick up a you know mm-hmm. do something with that quarterback contract? Yeah, and we and heard the that today. Going to be yes for all. And, of them. and we heard that today out of Baltimore. Well, or yes today. No, it's today. Yeah, yeah. We need close. to you know we're gonna we're gonna work on a contract extension with Lamar. They well, said we love him. Where are we going now? Yeah. Now your your window uh, of you know your opportunity. You had three years mm-hmm. of, of cheap quarterback play. That goes away. That's a different <laughs> test. You know. That, yeah. The Packers, the Steelers, the Saints have dealt with this forever. You know, when you have a high, high end quarterback who's making top money, he's not on a rookie deal anymore and deserves every penny of it, it sure is tough. And I think it even applies to the Chiefs because Mahomes his deal hasn't really yeah. kicked in yet, you know, right. you know, in terms of being a super high pr- priced guy. I'm sure they'll make it work, but they'll probably have to move on from the Frank Clarks of the world, you know, which, and you mentioned it off the air. I mean, the state of the Chiefs. Offensive lines in shambles right now, and the Ravens—they need stuff. They—they they need an offensive lineman or two. They need edge rushers. They really need a veteran receiver. That's ten million. You know, I mean, um, the, the Browns need to restructure their defense. The Bills don't need things, but soon guys are going to be coming up too. And, right. And then the other thing too is there some of these teams aren't accustomed to you know picking as late as they have either. Well, that's the other the thing about are, it. Yeah. But, you know, um, for, to, to your point, uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract uh, next year jumps up from uh, $5.3 million this year to 24.8 next year. And then it goes crazy, I think. And then it that. goes to 31.45, 42.45, 39. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's after this season, he's at 40 or above yeah. essentially every year. And they've had nothing really invested in the quarterback you know, yeah, spot for, the for last, a while now. Yeah, for, for quite a while now. There's and no more going out and getting Sammy Watkins. I mean, that, that ain't No, that. those days are over. Yeah, it's over, yeah. right. And you better draft well. And um, when they signed him, COVID hadn't hit yet. You know, right. By this time last year, we weren't yet at the combine. Mahomes had just signed, give or take. 
and you know, now they're going to deal with a lower cap too, like everybody. It's yeah. tough. That 10-year, $450 million contract uh, that included $141 million guaranteed, that's going to be the, the, the shooting star. That's going to be the target for everybody who signs a contract from now on is yeah. at the quarterback position. Now, maybe you won't get 10 years, $450 million. No, like Dak won't this year. Right. But... But if you're Lamar Jackson, you might say, how about a 10-year, $400 million contract? I you would know. think. Give you me know. 90% of what Pat's yeah. making. He's got rings, and I'll concede that I'm not worth quite as much as him. But I've got an MVP I, award. I'm in that conversation. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm going to sit down at the table with that conversation. And I hope that five years from now, certainly eight years from now, Mahomes will be a bargain. Because the league's doing so well, the cap's so high. I don't know. Twenty twenty seven is twenty twenty seven. His cap hit is fifty nine point nine five million. It won't be. A <laughs> it might be worth it, but it might not be a bargain. Right. So but, it's going to be tough. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we talk about this all the time. I mean, it's, the cap situation makes this thing really difficult for these teams. You hope it comes back. I mean, who's to say? But um, it, it, the league's in flux, and this is going to be two years in a row where we see a lot of quarterbacks leaving town. There's a lot of talk about. Does Rodgers want out of Green Bay? I don't think that, that's, that's not even happening. in the cards. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Jordan Love ends up leaving town or something like that, or Rodgers gets an extension or something along those lines. But, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. Two 13-3 seasons and MVP? Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Two two, uh, two trips to the conference championship mm-hmm. game, and he wasn't the reason why they lost. No, he wasn't at all. Yeah, so. I, I'm sure he's frustrated, though. Yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, the Steelers announced uh, today that they had hired a tight ends. They've hired a tight ends coach, mm-hmm. uh, that being Alfredo Roberts, a former tight end uh, in the NFL. Uh, he, he spent time with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in 88 uh, through 90 and then okay. three seasons with the Cowboys uh, from 91 to 93, where he won a couple of Super Bowl yeah, rings. Yeah, pretty good teams. Yeah, that's not too bad. I played on two national championship teams at Miami. Uh, boy, those those teams, uh, those Cowboy teams had such U connections. And I know firsthand because Butch Davis was their defense coordinator, right. and he brought a bunch of them with them, and they always had huge stories when I was with the Browns. So uh, it's a good group, though. They're used to winning, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, he's got 17 years of coaching experience in the NFL, uh, began his career coaching tight ends with the Jaguars from 2003 to 2006. Okay. Um, then he went on to uh, coach the tight ends for the Browns in 2007-2008. So he had Kellen Winslow there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then with uh, Tampa Bay in 2009 through... He two- wasn't there with me. Uh, he okay, yeah, Just yeah, missed right, you. Right, I'm sorry, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay from 2009 to 2011. And then uh, with the Colts from 2012 to 2015. And then has spent the last uh, four years with the Chargers, uh, first coaching their running backs the first three years, then moving over to coach the tight ends this past season. Sure. Hunter Henry's done well. Um, 
the guy I actually think is kind of interesting with the Chargers. I don't know how much he had to do with it. It's hard to judge what a tight end coach did behind the scenes. But they took Parham, who's like a 6'8 yeah. tight end, out of the, the whatchamacallit league. Um, the, the, AAF. The, or, AAF, or, yeah. Or, or, or the XFL, I think it was. He, and he was one of their best players in there. And he's got a chance. I mean, he looks good. And I bet they they might let Hunter Henry go because how Parham's developed. I'm sure that's a, a feather in his cap as a tight ends coach. Um, I don't know. I, I like the U ties, to be honest. Did he go to the U? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. That, oh, that makes sense. He was a player on those U teams and won a lot. Yeah. That's, so. a, that's a different culture. I'll tell you what. I mean, <laughs> being an outsider looking at those guys, and Mike Orvin was like the ringleader of them. I mean, that was, they are all about winning and toughness, and I don't think that ever leaves you. So. Just to put a, a broad blanket on, if you came from the U and you were with those Cowboy teams in the 90s, that, that's a feather. I, I like that sound side of that a lot. Yeah, so that's the first coaching position that uh, hire that the Steelers have made. Um, I would imagine some of these things start to heat up after the Senior Bowl. There's a lot of meetings that take place yeah. down there, uh, dinners, lunches. Oh, yeah. You know, guys that's talking. Um, that, that's kind of one of the big reasons why all Agents the co- yeah, and, coaches yeah. go to the, the Senior Bowl, not only to look at – Players, but to talk, to, guys will pay their oh, own they way. Do business. They'll pay their own way to go to the Senior Bowl so they can talk to people. <laughs> In a way, it's a little sad. I mean, like you'd see people. I don't want to say they're like homeless begging, but they're kind of sitting out front with resumes, hoping people walk by. Hey, coach, can I give you this? You know, like, yeah. And I don't blame them. I mean, it's a really tough, tough world to be in. But, yes, there are definitely people trying to find jobs in Mobile this week. I can yeah. promise you that. So we'll see what comes out of that with uh, with the Steelers. Uh, there's also reports uh, now that they are uh, officially finalizing a deal to hire Matt Canada as their Good. offensive coordinator. Uh, they went. Uh, they had an interview with Pep Hamilton of the Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, of course, Hugh Jackson. So uh, those would be the, the three candidates that they talked to. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be Canada. As was reported, what a uh, week and a half ago now. Yeah, right. That, I thought that was a that was going to be the that was probably what was going to happen. Um, you know, again, I, I don't know enough about Matt Canada uh, on a personal level. There's no there's no track record there at, a, at the NFL level really to to look at and say, well, he can do that at the NFL. Everything's a college. Sure. Everything comes from college. And not to speak from you, to speak for you, but you've said this on the air a couple times that. He's only been here a year, so you'd know him less than other assistants. Right. And it's been the worst year ever to get to know an yeah. assistant. We, got, you know, we, we, that, we had an opportunity to talk right. to him once on a Zoom call. You didn't once. see him at the cafeteria in Matrobe <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. Interview, yeah talk so. to him out there and interview right. him and, you know, see. So that hopefully we're allowed, you know we're able to do that uh, at some point this year and get a better feel for Matt Canada. But, you know, I I, I, I do like some of his, his pre-snap motion stuff and, oh, and those yeah. kind of things. And, and so we'll see where that goes and how much of that they can implement. And, you know, this this is, to me – uh, kind of show, uh, shows that they're they're they want some continuity there. They don't want to blow the whole thing up. That's where I was going to go to too. And again, he, he's hard to judge what influence he had, what he may, how much of his stamp will be on it going forward. I'm sure it'll be much more. Um, when he was initially, when it was rumored that he was initially get the job, I was like, cool, I'm fine with it, no no qualms at all. And then when it came down to him and Hugh and Pep and those guys were the three that looked like they were up for it. I was rooting for Canada, and basically for that reason is I think he's a good bridge between the old and the new. And I think 2021 is going to be a challenging season for that offense schematically, 
how they prepare, what they want to install, assuming Ben's a quarterback, but only for one more year. You know, like, uh, I'm sure that he's going to have a big say in what style of quarterback they go after a year from now as his successor and all those things, or uh, maybe sooner, who's to say. But in the meantime, I think it's going to be a a challenge to be on that fence between – what they did this past year and what Canada really wants to put in, you know, going forward with his style of quarterback. So having somebody familiar with the the, the building, I think, is a positive. For yeah, that. if you're yeah. familiar with the with with everybody, your your personnel. Nobody knows the personnel more than the sure. guy who's been there. The verbiage. You're familiar you're with right. the verbiage. Right, right, to right. me, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you're not you're not going to blow up the verbiage. He knows the verbiage now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been here a year, so that you can he can he can tweak what he does off of what they've already done. Sure. And again, we haven't been around the team as much as usual. And I know Feetner was considered, quote, Ben's guy. And I'm sure they had a great relationship. But Canada was a quarterback coach. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he spent every quarterback meeting with Ben. You know, like, he knows how to communicate with him, too, and get the play calls to him and what he likes, what he doesn't. Maybe better than Feetner does right this minute, too. Because, you know, I mean, it's, he's more directly with him. Yeah, so we'll see. No, I'm going to have no problem with it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, that leaves the offensive line coach opening. Mm-hmm. I, th- I would That's think that that important. needs to be. It's, it's also interesting to me that, that Roberts is a longtime NFL coach. You mentioned that too. Yeah, like you, you have you to. Have, a young staff all Yeah, you got, you got a very young staff. So now you've added a, a veteran. Tight, it's a tight ends coach, but he's also coached running backs. He's been around the league he's been for a long the league time. league and won a lot of games. Right? Yeah. Um, but I still think I would lean towards a. a an established, um, you know, older offensive line coach as well. Sure. Uh, certainly somebody that had, you know, serious coaching experience, a lot of NFL ties, been there around the league. And if they hire a young guy, I'm not going to kill him for it. I mean, yeah. I'm all ears. Because they're also going to now, if they elevate Canada, hire a quarterback's coach. That's what I was about to say. So you could, go, you could go older with that position as well. They're the two most important. Or yeah. They're going to be the two highest paid, the two, you know, um, position coaches on offense. And so those are two big gaps still open and could really shape the offense quite a bit. And I think we should be all ears to what what style of, of coach they go after for those. And personally, I would love to have one of those two be someone that's been a head coach at some level, it, just to be in Tomlin's ear a little bit, some of the administrative, not administrative stuff, but game day stuff, things like that. Been there, you know, I mean, I, I don't know those names off the top of my head, but... That was kind of appealing with Hugh. Marone's name was mentioned with the O-line. Those guys have been down that road for better or worse. Yeah. I know some people looked at, like, Marone got hired at Alabama mm-hmm. uh, to be the, the, the line coach down there. And, and uh, um, you know, look, it's Alabama. That's a great job. It's a great job. They can, Brian just took the offense coordinator job. They can pay you whatever they want to pay. Like, there's no... There's no downside. Yeah. I mean, if you go... If you lose one game... That's a bad year, so there is a little pressure. But you're going to get the best kids. I mean, Nick's not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> you know, you have the ultimate job security, and it's a it's proven to be an awesome stepping stone position for. I'm going to be the offense coordinator here for a year, and then head jive somewhere else. Or right. you know, like Dayball was there for a bit, and now he's being talked about as a head coaching candidate in the NFL. I mean. It's almost a no lose situation. You give me the Jimmies and Joes, holy yeah. cow! You know, that's right. why it goes back to our our conversation. Yeah. Not only do you have the Jimmies and Joes, but now you've also got the X's and O's. Yes, I mean most of the most years, you know, you're not going to lose any game. You know, that's just the way it is. You and may you're lose. Right. Yeah. In terms of, I bet they're paid very well. 
I would guess so. <laughs> I would yeah. think so. Like right, Saban's right. probably Saban, I would be willing to bet is the highest paid state employee in, in Alabama by far. <laughs> probably by yeah, far. Yeah, I had thought. And that, yeah, his probably. the second and, and third most Might highest paid are, are are probably the offensive and defensive coordinators right, in Alabama. Director of football ops <laughs> or the, the AD there or something like that. But right, somebody who is tied into the football program. And there's a. I must say, I'm not implying that there's any shadiness going on, but. It's nice to have all those Alabama boosters on your side, and yeah. you walk on. Oh, water you need a too. car, right? Or your son needs. <laughs> oh, a how much you get? You get a house in this uh, plan. That's twenty years from now, and you retire, and you never buy a beer in your life in that whole state. <laughs> or you know, right? I mean, there's, there's some perks to all that, yeah. no doubt. So, I mean, people were looking at that like, oh boy, Marone would, would he would turn down a job a job in the NFL to go to, co- yeah, it's a prime job. <laughs> that's the yeah, yeah. I mean, there there aren't many jobs you would take over. No, because of the history of it, too. I mean, it, it's like Clemson to me isn't even close. No. It, just because no. the history and or the Notre Dame or, or you know, no, USC right, 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 or not anything. Not even close. No. I mean, you're the favorite to win this, the title every year. Yeah. And you're going to have to say, I pumped out eh, only three first-round picks this year. And you're, you know? you, I mean, recruiting there is now like. Who do you want? Yeah, you're turning, you're turning oh, you're, you're only a four-star yeah, we don't need we you. We might call you later. <laughs> things don't work out with these two dudes, right? If, if we happen I mean, to lose one of them. there's no recruiting there. I wouldn't think so. I mean, there absolutely isn't. I mean, I tell a story a bunch about the U and they were the U, and I'm sure it's the same with Bama, and I was just so jealous because we would recruit Miami heavy, and, of course, we couldn't beat the U on kids. Right. But Coker or Butch or whoever the head coach was at the time would sit down with a 16-year-old stud player, best player in the state or whatever, and say two things to him. He said, Son, you come here, you have five years to become a starter at the U, and you'll be a first-round pick. And here's the history of it, what, Bubba Franks to Shockey to Kellen to, you know. Yeah. Every position has that same lineage. And then they get there and realize, becoming a starter at the U is not so easy. Right. <laughs> and five years is not enough time for me to do it necessarily. But every kid thinks they can start in five years. One year they got to get become a starter and you're a first-round pick. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good recruiting tool. Yeah, and and then you start flashing rings and, you know. Right, right, right. I mean, she's pretty nice. Yeah. And, yeah, probably a good-looking co-ed or two on that campus as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see what they do with the offensive line coach. And, of course, uh, we'll see what the, happens with the defensive backs uh, coach as well. The two big hires, though, on offense still. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Huge hires. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just elevating. That quarterback coach might be in charge of your first-round pick next year Absol- in the future. Yeah, right. You know I mean? Yeah. You know, right? I mean, so, you know, these are – this takes care of one opening, but it also fills. It opens another one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nearly as important, especially with where this league, this team is, especially for a year from now. Yeah. Um, in terms of looking at uh, the big picture with this whole thing, you're absolutely right. I mean, they, you know, this is this is a chance, you know, for a quarterback coach or an offensive coordinator to. Kind of help the Steelers take that next step. Right. Where are you going? You Where know? are you going? What are we looking for? You know, what's our uh, when our, our list of requirements? What do we have to have from the quarterback position? What do we really want? Uh, you know, what what style player do we want? And I said this last week when they signed Haskins. It worried me a little that they picked up another pocket passer, but he's so not important in the in the right. whole mix that he was just a gift from above. It didn't matter if he was fast, slow, big, little, whatever. You just grab him. Um, but I hope that the next guy 
athleticism and playmaking skills out of structure is high on the list. It's kind of the same way with the offensive line coach because he's yes. going to, you know, you they you, go hand in hand. Yeah, you're going and you're going to get a chance to rebuild this line. And it's really hard, even though holding's legal now. To build an offensive. Apparently, line. false starts are too, because if you you know you're allowed to, to to leave you know just before the snap is happens all the time, all the time, all the time. I saw yeah, it all season, right? Yeah, getting off the ball, especially in pass plays. Um, but it's still so hard to build an elite pass blocking line, which goes back to having that pocket passer, which you need. And the Steelers had it for a long time. You know, all the continuity they've had and the offensive line they've had, and Ben thrived in it. But that's a hard formula to keep up. Yeah, for sure. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Uh, You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take another break. We'll be back with more right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Back, I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, if you were the Steelers in 2021, do you petition the league for like a Week 13 buy? Because it seemed to work for the yeah. seemed to work Boy, for the Bucks. I it paid off well for Tampa, and they were struggling before that. They were beat up and looking old. And Brady had like 27 straight incompletions on passes of 20 or more yards down the field, something Absolutely. like that. And then all of a sudden they they come out of their bye week and it just clicks. And it all clicks, and there was a total disconnect between sound. I mean, this is reported. Brady's style of playing offense and what B.A. wanted to. And as I read quotes before the game yesterday, that Arian said something like. You know, in New in New England, they never let Tom coach. Well, as the year went on, we let him coach more and more. And I think twelve knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, probably deserves that more than any quarterback in this. I heard now. something interesting for, as well from Rex Ryan yesterday on the, one of the pregame shows. Uh, he said that the toughest thing he faced as a head coach was when the quarterback was calling his own stuff. Hmm. Probably less, more predictable, or less predictable. Less predictable, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he said, you know, when you went into a game against Peyton Manning, you know, it became a, a matchup if, between the quarterback and your defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And the difference is, is your defensive coordinator is not on the field. One's on the field, and the other one <laughs> one's, isn't. Yeah. Right, right, One's right. seeing what you're lining up in and running something based off what you're, what you're showing, mm-hmm. and the other one's out there going, okay, what can we show him that's going to trick him? Yeah, and... I can go talk to my left guard and be like, I can't block my outside shoulder. You know, well, yeah. then let's change protection to make your life a little easier. Where has to go through. People don't realize the game happens so fast, play to play to play. It seems like it's slow. You know, you run for four seconds, then you stop and relax. I mean, it's it's fast. It's hard to make adjustments on the fly, and I'm sure it's way easier for Manning to do it when he can do it right before he snaps the ball or as opposed to going up the chain of command and then it comes back down and maybe the coordinator disagrees with you. And very rarely do you find a defensive counterpart. And from what I remember, it seemed like Ray Lewis could match wits with them. You know, Keekley's done that over the years. But if you can have a defensive mind that's at least competitive with some of these quarterbacks, I think that goes a long way, you know. And it brings me back to Ben. I mean – I, I don't know how much to make of I started calling plays in the second half, and I don't believe half of that stuff, and I certainly don't believe anything's drawn up in the dirt. But 
is he a good play caller? I, I, I don't know. Or is he the worst play caller? Like, I, I, I wish I knew more about that from Roethlisberger when it's ad lib time, I, I think, play calling wise. I think there are times when he's a good play caller. Mm-hmm. I think there are times when he becomes too dependent on throwing the football. That's where I was going to go with it, too. Yeah. Because historically, Brady and Manning will hand it to Edge or Maroney or whoever. If that's what you're giving me, they're very patient. Rarely are quarterbacks patient because they're great. and They, right. they want to throw the football. They want to throw the football, right. You know, it goes back to saying, well, our, our best our best chance is with, is with me throwing the football. I'm a quarterback. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. I, I think it's easier to do that, easier to say, oh, we're going to run the ball in this play when you trust the running backs. Oh, without question. I mean, and then when, when you've you got, lose that yeah. trust, then the house of cards starts to fall, I think. So I, I think, the again, it, it takes us back to a conversation we've had a hundred times now since the season's ended. Steelers need to upgrade the running backs room. And the whole running game, obviously. And, it, and everything. And, and all of a sudden now, instead of Ben saying, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a 50-50 play. I'm going to throw it. The 50-50, yeah. okay, I could either pass or run on this play. We're going we're gonna to run the ball here. You hope. I mean... Tomlin knows that answer. You and I will never know that answer. I'm the biggest Danny Marino fan in the league, you'll find. But a criticism I heard from multiple sources was if it was 50-50, there's no way. He's, he's throwing the football, it, yeah. Yeah, even if it's the right call. And that's fine, but everyone in the league knows it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, That's something like the Bills are going to have to deal with. Like, right. Okay, we understand the analytics are throw it like th- like crazy, but if you have no threat of a running game except your quarterback, you become too easy to, to play against. And yeah, the Bills struggled on the. And stretch, at some point, know? I mean, there was there was another play yesterday where he got bent over sideways and was like, "Oh, right." You know, and all so, of a sudden, he's at some point, a year yeah, and not eight or whatever. At some point, Brandon uh, he, Allen's or Josh Allen's going to get hurt running the football. Right, he's I mean, a big target. I mean, the comparisons and he's eclipsed these were to Cam Newton coming out. Cam's career might be over, and really might have been over three years ago. Yeah, and that's fine for the first overall pick. But what could have been? What if we'd have protected him a little more? You know, if I he'd mean, learned to be a better pocket passer, if right, he'd learned sure. to, to do, um, you know, the, the, if we don't the, run quarterback power with him five times a game, where right. he you know, gets hit by a smashed from three right. different sides, right? Like Jerome, you know, yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting conversation, and it is a fine line. And boy, the, the Steelers have walked it for a long time of extending the lifespan of your quarterback and how to play to make that work and all those things, it's hard, you know. And I do wish I knew Ben's nature more of if you do give him the running game, I'm sure it was hard for Elway. I'm sure it was really hard for Elway. And it probably had to be driven into his head. And deep down, the competitor probably realized, I can't win a Super Bowl doing what I used to do, but I can this way. I'm buying in, but that's got to be a tough sell. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. But you're not going to do that if you don't trust the running backs. Sure, sure. I mean, I mean with if, what you have now, you can't – there's no way you're selling that to Ben. No. <laughs> no like, way. I can either throw the football to these guys on the outside. Who are pretty good. Who are pretty good, or I can hand it to Benny Snell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to throw it to these guys on the outside. And he doesn't make the button block defender miss, yeah. and we don't have enough guys to block them, and that's a 2 Now, when game. it was Le'Veon Bell back there, they ran the ball more. Mm-hmm. You no, know, without question. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, to me, uh, you know, people are going back and forth. You know, the, the Steelers need to fix that offensive line first. I think the easier fix, to me, is is a running back. Me too. I hesitate to say that because that goes against my core beliefs. And I'm not saying you t- you draft you have to draft a running back in the first round. No. I'm not no. saying that at all. But you have to prioritize getting a dynamic running back. 
Yes, that room has to be better. Because I reference this a lot. I really think it's been two years of miserable play. Yeah. That, with all respect to Duck and Rudolph, that offense was never going to be good. But if you had a guy there that was an average starting running back, it would have been better. There would have been more first downs. And there were games where – there were games – like Connor was that. At but times. he But he right. wasn't available enough. Right. Again, if Connor's your two in that situation and your first guy happens to get hurt and you don't count, you can't count on Connor. I look at it this way. James Connor this year averaged 4.3 yards per carry. And that's great. The average – the 16th best rushing team in the league averaged 4.3 yards a carry. Okay. So Connor was essentially being giving you average play average, out of average okay. production. Yeah. All right. The other guys all passes a sniff test. Snell averaged three point four yards a carry. McFarland averaged three point three yards a carry. Jalen Samuels averaged three point one yards a carry. Running behind the same offensive line. The same scheme and everything. Right, yeah. Right, right. Right. Same weapons around him. Enough said. I mean, a yard per play. A yard per is play is significant. Today, and right. you can say, well, Snell, did, you know, Snell had a lot of short or goal line carries. Okay, great. But he also broke off a couple of longer runs that, that balances that out. He was a 3.4 yards a carry back. And I, I fear that's what he is. Yeah. McFarlane had a 20, I think it was a 26-yard carry or 20-yard runner in, in his 31 carries. Mm-hmm. You take that away, he averaged 2.6 yards a carry. And I – right, that's pretty bad. Right. That's and really it's, bad. It's really, really bad, yeah. <laughs> and, but I trust – I don't trust. But I would put a chip down that McFarlane's goes up next year before Snell's does. Yes, at least just another year experience, and there's more talent there. Yeah, he may never be a hit, and I'm not counting on him one bit. I mean, I want McFarland to be my three. Right. No, I'm with you. I I just think if you get a dynamic back in there, again, a guy you saw with the four net touchdown run yesterday. What uh, the next? Yeah, and he's the, not great. The next gen stats said that should have been a three yard run. Mm-hmm. If that's a, one of the Steelers running backs, it's a three yard run, a or it's a three, three yard, yard loss. Exactly. They don't get to the corner. He gets to the corner, does a little spin move, and gets into the end zone. And there's 20 backs better than him. Yeah. But he's a quali- I mean, he's a quality NFL back. And at the time, I might even think you're implying they should have picked up Fournette because when when that when he was available, we kind of blew Pe- it off. Well, it, people it were saying they they should put a waiver claim in on. No, you can't. He was put, expensive. Though, that was yeah. that's five point five million dollars first round money. You're right, not paying right. him that. Right. If you get him on the cheap, sure they could have used him this year. There's some hindsight to that, obviously, because at the time, neither one of us were banging the table that, oh, how'd you let him get away today? And for a lot of the season, he really didn't do much. He didn't do much, no. And I don't think he's special by any right. stretch. And he can catch them all little, but he's the best guy they got. And he's playing well right now, you know, to your point. And he, But ideally, that room, I don't know that you can get it to this point, but if McFarland's my three, Connor, Gallman, Jamal Williams, Hyde, veteran, cheap, Grinder professional gets you through a game is my yeah. two, yeah, and or my stopgap one. And I have a rookie is the projected one sooner than later, which would have to be a day one or two pick, yeah. Then I think that's what you're looking for. Can you get there? I don't know, yeah. I mean, Gallman's not gonna play for free, you right. know. I mean, that would things. be my goal though this offseason. If you could build that room to look like that, you'd be in good shape for now, for the future. McFarland, if he hits, maybe he can be your Eckler. You know, yeah, I mean, your third down guy who comes in and good riddance. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say it because I think both have a role and both do good things, but Snell and Samuels are not for me. Samuels does nothing for me. No, nothing, nothing. He's too monot. It, it, and he's actually outside of McFarland, the fastest of their backs. 
If you look at the 40 Man, times from is. the combine, he ran like a 4.52 at the combine. He does not play to 4.52 speed. No. Their room is slow. Yeah. And it, it, it was really slow last year. And the thing about him is it's great that he's versatile and that he is a good route runner. But he doesn't. He's not in the ACC anymore. Yeah, he's, he's not athletic. When enough. you hand him the football, which is the primary job of a running mm-hmm. back, he is way below average. In terms of a receiver, maybe he runs as good a routes, and he doesn't. But as Darren Sproles or James White or one of those little guys, but he doesn't make anybody miss. Right. I mean, if he gets open, he's, he's a catch and fall down guy. After that, even doing his best thing, and and I always say this about Snell, like. I respect the way he plays the game. Yeah. I was impressed last year that he got better on special teams and stuck his nose in there in protection, things he wasn't asked to do in college. But his value is give it to him 20 times and his 20th carry is as good as his second. If you're giving it to him 20 times, the defense is loving you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, thanks. Keep giving it to him. No, I, I have, uh, yeah. you know, again, they. I think maybe on a different team, those guys would have more value. Maybe. But not on this team. Like Benny Snell was Bettis' backup? Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Back in the day with the fullback. And... Were Benny Snell with with uh, you know with what the, the, the Seahawks asked their running backs yeah, to do? Yeah, that would work. You know, a straight, right. But with this, with what the Steelers have on the offensive line, no. No. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And, you know, because Wilson's such a great deep passer, you're going to get a lot of double high safeties. Yeah. So if I can bruise a seven-man front with a Carson or a you know, and Snell's my backup, sure. Well, that's not what the Steelers are anymore. I mean, right. contrary to the history of this team, they're not Jerome in a cloud of dust. They are not. They're not the most, and they're not built that way. There. No, they're not. They're, and they're not at all. Maybe the maybe they draft the setter out of Bama, and I was watching clips on him. He's a nasty dude. And yeah. I'm starting to fall in love with him. The problem the is he's got a torn ACL. He's got a torn ACL. You know, is he going to be ready to start of the season? Probably not. I don't know. I mean, he trotted out there for those last two snaps, which I thought was really dumb, but yeah. who knows? And we have less medical information this year than ever. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, somebody said something. I, I wrote something, and, and uh, they said something. Well, don't they just take the best uh, center in, in the uh, first round? I said, if there aren't any centers working. There's only one, and if he, he has to check the box. Yeah. If, if I knew he was healthy, the more I watch him, I would consider him a 24 or 27 on a trade. Down and an ACL you know. is not the is, you know it's not the end no, of the world. No, no. But he's not going to he's not going to be ready to start the season probably. Probably not. Probably not. So now you now and you're you projecting. Find a veteran or yeah. A now you got to sign somebody else. That you know you are, mm-hmm. are you going to run out JC Hassenauer out there for the first month of the season? Maybe. But I mean he's. I keep forgetting the guy's name. I should remember it off the top of my head because he's a, he's a good player and he's he's really fun to watch. And I went out of my way to watch him recently because he was nasty. He's considered a phenomenal leader. And I think he is clearly the best center. He can also play guard. Landon Dickerson. Dickerson, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, but maybe we'll get some positive medical stuff between now and then. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know, Wolf played – Wolf doesn't have an ACL anymore. <laughs> right. He's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, everything, it's everything up from above the neck. Everything below the neck is fine. Gold. <laughs> I didn't plan on going down this road. We have so much draft coverage, too. But if you're sitting at 24 and you love Dickerson, chances are 25, 26, 27, 28 don't need a center. Yeah. You can, you can trade down, down five spots, pick up a third, you know, and yeah. still have your guy. But somebody's got to have somebody targeted at 24 that they really want to get. That's. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, you can want to trade out of a spot. 
Oh yeah. But that doesn't mean you know, you know twenty four is not a great spot to trade out of unless no. something falls. You know, yeah. or somebody falls in love with one of the receivers and he starts dropping. There's a run on something, yeah. or yeah, there won't be a quarterback people are trading up for. Obviously, right? That's a tough neighborhood to get out of. Yeah. The end of the first round is not not so bad because people want to trade up for the fifth round option. Right. But the late to mid is not so. I don't great. know if that fifth round option is going to be as valuable now, though. Hmm. I would rather not have the fifth round option moving forward. Why? Well, because that fifth round option is now guaranteed, and it oh, used to I it used to be right, th- right, those right. things were slotted in. Mm-hmm. So if you had the thirty first pick in the fir- in the first round or the thirty second pick, in the f- yeah, that fifth round option is pretty valuable. Well, now that fifth that that thirty second guy can make as much as the third round guy or the, yeah. the third pick in the draft. That wasn't the case before. I see what you're saying. Like when you pick up the fi- the, the option before, you knew what it cost before you bought the yeah. The, and it wasn't and it wasn't an exorbitant fee. No. Now no, all of a sudden it's 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 uh, as we talked about with with the the, yeah, the Edmonds wow. and and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick situation last week. If the guys made a Pro Bowl, it bumps up. You're you're, you're, you're paying transition money to him now. You know if it's a if it's just a first round you know if it's just the thirty second pick and he hasn't made the Pro Bowl. It's not that hard to make a Pro. Bowl, yeah. You? No, that's a good point. I mean, if some teams are valuing that fifth round option like they used to. I'll move to the beginning of the second round, and you would hope by year four you already just extend them on your terms as right. opposed to, yeah, teams are going to hate that the more I think about it. Like, it's different if, okay, I'm going to give Corey Davis the, fifth, the the option, oh, we regretted it, it would have cost us X. Well, now if they would have given it to him under the new rules, it, it cost Corey Davis would have been $15 million. To <laughs> right, right. Like he was Gar- fully guaranteed at the moment, you ma- the moment you make the offer. Yeah, that is hard. And maybe more teams or fewer teams will exercise. I think that's forward. something we may see this year. But well, uh, we're going to take a break. Okay. Well, he I is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, when we come back, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. We'll get to that right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. It's time for the fantasy football focus. And uh, Matt, our uh, I think we might have picked the wrong contest to, to enter our our mm, lineup explain, in last week. Please, because we scored 154.08 points, which That's we had decent, a, huh? We had a decent day. Aaron yeah. Jones uh, let us down. He got hurt yeah, early in that know. game. That didn't help. It was a high scoring week in general. It was. Um, but Josh Allen, 27.28 points. Was solid. Not bad, not yeah. bad. A lot of it from rushing. Yeah, right. and that's that's kind of why we we made that move. He was the only one of the of the four that could have a good rushing day, and he did. Right. You know? Yeah, he did. Uh, but uh, Jones just uh, twenty seven rushing yards, uh, four rece- four receptions for seven yards, and a fumble. The fumble, you lose a point. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that hurt. That hurt. Bad. Uh, Fournette was okay for us, eighteen point four oh, points got in the end zone too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did well. In fact, he might have been the highest scoring running back. Had to be of, of yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill was a monster. Monster. 29.2 points. Stephon Diggs was 
He had no. He was thirteen point seven points, six catches for seventy-seven Started yards. Remarkably slow. Really slow. Yeah. yeah took a while um, to get him involved. Devonte Adams, kind of the same, nine catches for mm-hmm. sixty-seven yards, but did get in the end zone. So he had twenty-one point seven points. Take that. Yeah. Right. Right. There's more points than I realized with them. Our uh, our big sleeper, Dawson Knox, sixteen point two points. Yeah, that worked out well. Six catches, forty-two yards, and a touchdown. Six catches for Dawson Knox and a touchdown. I mean, that's nice. Robert Tanyan, that worked out okay. He got in the end zone as well. We we started him as our flex because mm-hmm. he was cheap. It was cheap. Thirty six. We paid twenty eight hundred for Dawson Knox and thirty six hundred for Robert Tanyan, and we got twenty eight point four points out of the two of them. Yeah, and as well as Kelsey did. I wonder if a lot of people in the money had one of those two as their. Tight well, ends. we will get to that in ah, a second. Well, we'll look at you. Um, and then we had the Buccaneers defense, which scored nine points. They which, had sacks. Yeah, they yeah, had right, sacks right. and interception, uh, fumble recovery. So yeah, big uh, plays go We needed way. that to get into the end zone. That would have been wonderful. We'd have got, we'd have gotten into the money if that happens. But was that the best D of the weekend? Um, I maybe would maybe Kansas City. Maybe Kansas City because they didn't allow a lot of points. But yeah. the Bucs have made big plays and got you know got after Rodgers. So, again, we, we scored. We, we missed uh, finishing in the money by four points. Ouch. The number one team scored 196.7, four points, with this lineup. Aaron Rodgers, 27.84 points, which yeah. was – that's pretty much a wash with what we had Yeah, I mean, Josh all Allen. the quarterbacks, none of them killed you, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, Daryl Williams, 13.1 points. That's a cheapie. That's a cheapie. He, he was 4,800. Fournette – 18.4 points. So he avoided Aaron Jones. I yeah. mean, Aaron Jones is going to be the anchor for everybody. Yeah. Tyreek Hill, 29.2 points. Yeah, he's, he's, I'm sure he's spent on receivers. Devontae Adams, 21.7 points. Sure. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Wow, that's a nice pick. We talked about that one. He's $3,900. He's 24.5 points at a Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He started also started Dawson Knox at tight end. Wow. Seems like he'd be well under the budget. He but he, he, he paid up for... Travis Kelsey as his flex. Oh, okay. okay. Kelsey had 39.8 points. Wow. I mean, this is all obviously PPO. Actually, I'm looking here. He also started the Chiefs defense, which had six points. So we made the right call at deep on defense. Okay, because all the defenses were similarly priced. Yeah. Yeah, we did well on that. Yeah, we made the right call there. So we just missed there. Um, I started the lineup of, of my own, um, and I had some of those players in my lineup that we just talked about. Okay. So my lineup, I finished uh, 19th place overall out of uh, 600 uh, people in the wow. contest. Again, we picked, wrong well, con- right. we picked the wrong contest. Because we, we picked a contest with 17,000 people in it, and we finished okay. like 5,400 and Would something. our lineup have got money in the contest you entered? Uh, like, does 150-ish usually get you cash? Let me see. Again, where I, things were I, I think, I think the scoring this week, because it was so far up, no, we would have finished outside the money in this one. Okay. I mean, no, again, no, no we'd have been. Let me see here. Let me get down here to where we were at. One fifty-four. No, we would have finished outside. Still outside. Okay. Still outside the money. So I started the lineup of Aaron Rodgers, twenty-seven point eight four points. Again, all all four quarterbacks were pretty similar. Right. Huh? Yeah. Daryl Williams. Nice. Uh, Thirteen point one. I just it, the news that Edwards Hilaire was going to play. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? People are going to shut. There, people are going to jump on they're him. Jump on him. Think yeah. it's another because they're desperate for running backs. Yeah, right desperate now, for right. running backs. I'm going to go there because he's only 4,800. That might get me the money to get Travis Kelsey, which is what yeah, I ended up doing. That's the key. So I went with Aaron Jones as my second back. If I'd have gone, that's that's the anchor. That's that's what killed kills, me. Right, right. Because if I'd have gone with Fournette, I'd have finished in the top five. And you'd have more money to spend elsewhere. And uh, yeah. 
Uh, but I, got, I, I stuck with Tyreek Hill at 29.2 points. And you're happy about he that. He was 7,200. Stephon Diggs at 7,000. Then he didn't kill you. But he didn't kill me, he but he didn't. It wasn't home run. Yeah. I went with Marquez Valdez Scantling. Oh, did he? At $3,900 and got me 24.5 points. I went with Kelsey at the tight end position. That was eight thousand. That's why I had to mm-hmm. I had to move off of uh, Devonte Adams there because they were the same price. That's eight thousand well spent. Yeah, Scotty Miller is my flex. Oh, that's big. I got eleven point six points out of him for thirty four hundred, um, which worked out well. And then I went with the Bucks defense, so I finished in nineteenth mm-hmm. place. Um, I mean, quarterbacks and defenses. Bucks were the good one to have. Quarterbacks were all about the same. Quarterbacks were a wash. Yeah, uh, it sounds like Valdez Scantling was a, a league winner for you for. You know, if people anybody people who started Valdez Scantling did well, did well, right? Because of his his price his price point was thirty nine hundred dollars, and he and he produced twenty four and a half points, which is more than Chris Godwin. It was more than Mike Evans. It was mm-hmm. more. Than, I mean, he way outperformed his price. And I think Kelsey did too, even compared to all those stud receivers. The two. Oh, the he box, he crushed them. Yeah, he was well worth every penny. So I assume yeah. he was on a lot of winning combinations. The too. winning the winning team in this one had 194.98 points. So the, they were pretty similar to okay. the other for, for the other context. He started Allen, Daryl Williams, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I'm sure Williams was on a lot of money making teams too. Yeah, just for the box. Yeah, I mean you got uh, again a $4,800 running back, and he was uh, 13.1 points, which was I mean, might have been the second backs. highest scoring running back weekend or game from the weekend. I guess the running backs you wanted were Fournette and Williams. Those were the those were those the two were the league winners. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had Tyreek Hill. He had Mike Evans at fifty eight hundred. Yeah, he scored. He also went with Chris Godwin at fifty four hundred. So he doubled down, figuring okay, it wasn't bad. Antonio Brown's out. One of these guys is going to do well. Jari Alexander's only a couple yeah. of them. Then he had Kelsey. And that's the that was the key monster. with Valdez Scantling as his flex. In the Buccaneers' defense, so I wasn't that far yeah, off. Right. You had the same I was logic. The, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if I start for if I pick up if, and go with Fournette instead of uh, Jones, is just Jones, a killer. Jones is hard to overcome. You know, that's expensive. That's twelve more too. points right there. Yeah, um, and then you know the Evans Goblin situation. You They're know. both were fine though. Yeah, they didn't hurt any team they were on because they were cheaper than the top three receivers. They were. Yeah, yeah. and Evans getting in score. You know. He drops and passes, too. Yeah, because he only had, I mean, he had three catches for 51 yards. It's not like he lit the world on fire. No, he didn't. Godwin was their best Godwin weapon. was the guy who was with uh, five catches for 110 yards and mm-hmm. six rushing yards. Because you, you do get a bonus for 100 receiving yards as well. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Kind of like you get a bonus for 300 passing yards. Yeah, I was but, a bit on uh, the Godwin over uh, receiving number for the for the game. Yeah. And he ate that up. Uh, Mahomes was the, uh, the highest scoring quarterback of the weekend, by the way. He had 28 and a half points. Okay. But not again. Not there all to, to pay that, up right? for, I think it was like an extra seven hundred dollars between Adam or between uh, Allen and Mahomes. Probably wasn't worth it in the end. Wasn't worth that one extra point that you got. Mm-hmm. You could you could pay that out somewhere else. Um, but again, looking here at the, um, I'm looking at the second place lineup in that same league. He had Edward Solaire and Fournette. Edward Solaire did okay. Yeah, he had, he scored. He scored. That yeah, saved that, his day that, because that was, he had seven rushing yards in the game. Oh, wow. That's if it. they I mean, give that ball to Daryl Williams instead. And then he's a total watch, yeah. right? Um, I wonder who will be more expensive in the Super Bowl. I mean, we'll talk about that on Friday maybe. That's but a good question. Um, I, mean, I think a year or a week removed from his injury and a week off will make people be really excited about Edward Solaire. But if you ask Andy Reid, who do you trust? It might not be Edward Solaire. It might not be. It yeah. might not be. My, my other reasoning for going with, with uh, Williams – was I'm thinking, okay, if they get down in at the goal line, they're not running Edwards Hilaire. 
I don't think he's got a goal line carry. Since well, he did yesterday. Week. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was going to say, but he, I think it was, it was an opening night when the whole world was watching. He was 0 for 5 on the goal yeah. line, had a big day other than that. I don't think he got a goal line carry since then until yesterday. Until yesterday. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which, who knows, yeah, go figure. But, uh, yeah, he had Valdez Scantling as well, and that guy had Cole Beasley in the lineup. Cole Beasley ended up with seven for 88. Yeah. He was actually, the, bad. He was actually the receiver to have from the Bills if you were going to go that route. Yeah, he was. He's playing on a broken playing on a broken leg. Yeah, that's gutsy. Yeah, uh, John Brown didn't do a whole heck of a lot. No, Knox was a nice pickup though. Yeah, that, that made a lot. Of I sense. mean, we did okay. We just didn't mm-hmm. get the right. And that's the key to these things. You have to find that right secondary player. Yeah, I mean, our lineup was like Knox was a nice hit, but it kind of. Sh- well, I guess not because Kelsey did so well. I was going to say I bet Knox is on a lot of winning teams, but it. Kelsey's still more valuable for what you paid for him than what Knox you paid for. Yeah, I mean, we did okay with the the, the Knox-Robert Tanyan yeah, combo. I mean, they right. both scored double digits, which is what you want. The killer was Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. But if Aaron Jones does well, do we finish in the money? I don't think so. Because there were so the, many other people that, that you know. I it, bet it, a lot of trends are the same as us, where they, okay, I'm not going to do Kelsey. I really want to. So I can have Jones because he's so much better than the other backs, right. and then that's a losing for. Well, here's the ownership on on our lineup. So Allen was at thirty eight point one percent. So he may have, than I expected. Yeah, that. he may have been. The, I think everybody was looking at that rushing yards and going, "Okay, he's probably he's, he's probably the number one owned quarterback." Jones was at thirty eight point three, and that is a problem. Fournette was forty seven point two, noticeably cheaper. Noticeably cheaper. That's why he had that's almost right, yeah. half almost half the lineups had. Fournette in their, in their mm-hmm. lineup. Tyreek Hill was at 45.7. I guess if you didn't put Jones as your one, you had to put Fournette. Because right. nobody else was trustworthy. Yeah, right. Uh, Hill was uh, 45.7% ownership. Boy, that's high, considering how many good receivers there were to pick from. Diggs was at 69.4% ownership. Wow. Yeah. Not to be outdone, Devontae Adams was at 70.1% ownership. Wow. I mean, those are three of the best fantasy We went with all three of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, huh. Dawson, Dawson Knox was nine point two percent ownership. That was our that was our diamond. In that the was rough, our yeah. dart. Tanya was at thirty four point eight percent ownership, which is kind he of was clearly the second tight end. Yeah, which I guess makes sense. If you didn't buy up for Kelsey, I bet a lot of people just settled on Tanya. And then a lot of people did what we did and took the hey, just give us a cheap defense. Thirty two point one percent ownership on the Bucks. That makes sense. I would have thought the quarterbacks and defenses were closer to twenty five, twenty five, twenty five, twenty five. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Um, if you look at Kelsey's ownership, it was 67.3%. Wow. That was way high. <laughs> I mean, he's super attractive, but it, it still shocks me that two-thirds of the people building lineups thought, I'm going to spend this much because then you're short somewhere else, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, Beasley was at uh, 20.1% ownership. Uh, Devin Singletary was at 34.8% ownership, and that didn't work out. He had 4.6 points. Uh, Rogers was Aaron Rodgers was at 32.8. Um, it was hard to own... Kelsey and Jones. Yes. And if you had to choose between those two, one was great and one was Well, great. I had Kelsey and Jones in my lineup, but I had to scrimp, you know, a little You'd bit. You'd have out a scantling in there or yeah. something like that. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just tough to get both those two in your lineup because they were clearly number one at their position. And yeah. one of them worked out and one did not. One did not. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. We'll do that again before the Super Bowl. That'll be very difficult with That'd just two tough, teams. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're, you know, you ha- you have to identify a guy like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, a guy like a, a Dawson Knox, who you think is going to be 
Scotty Miller. Yeah, Scotty you know, Miller was another one that that, that I started. Baby to, plays in the in this, or you know, who knows? Hardman. We, yeah, we, no one mentioned Hardman's name. Yeah, Michael yeah, Hardman could have could have been a, a he, he was the guy that I looked at because of the price point mm-hmm. with him. And I thought, eh, there's too many other mouths to feed. Whereas you know, a guy like Dawson Knox. I mean, he was clear. Yeah, yeah he was clear. I mean, and they don't cover the tight ends well. You know, obviously. I wonder if Gronk will be more expensive than Brait. He shouldn't be. He should not be. I think he was this week because I looked at Brait okay. as well. I mean, there's just a massive name differential. Yeah, there in, in and Brait's been the guy that they've looked to more. Yeah, I bet everybody in the world owns Kelsey this week. Oh yeah, Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's going to be in everybody's lineup. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, I'm new to DFS, so. With only two teams, there's going to be a lot of same lineups. Yeah, but that's why you have to kind of differentiate yeah. yourself. They'll make it. To, they'll set the price points that you can't have. Oh, sure. All sure. the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that'll be the key. And from what I understand, like Kelsey this week is a lot cheaper than he is in week twelve. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, most if you made a lineup in week twelve, you couldn't have. Diggs, Kelsey, Hill, Adams, and... No. Uh, you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they have to make it so that you can fill a lineup out. But mm-hmm. if you're going to load up on all the stars, then you're going to be starting Farrell Cooper at the, you know, oh, the yeah, spot. Yeah, guys don't even play. He's not even going right, to play. Right, yeah. right, right. So, yeah, you know, are you willing to take a zero at a spot? And hope he catches two passes or yeah. whatever. because everybody else is going to have those same guys, too. Equinemia St. Brown in your lineup. That's th- like Those that. are going to be the winners for you. They'll be the winners. Someone odd that catches a touchdown is money. Yeah. Scotty Miller yesterday. You know, yeah, that's a perfect example. Uh, anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to be back with more Steeler talk right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt uh, Williamson. And uh, Matt, I, I know a lot of people, uh, uh, first of all, Matt Canada officially hired as a yeah, Steelers done deal. new offensive cool. coordinator. That is, uh, that is a done deal. A lot of people are looking at the Steelers and thinking, well, how could they possibly contend next year when lose, looking at who they're going to lose in free agency? Mm-hmm. Like everybody, every other team is going to return completely <laughs> intact. Nobody else is going to lose anything. They're going to gain stuff in the offseason, and only the Steelers are going to lose players. I love Steeler Nation. I was a fan way before I was an analyst, and I waved my share of black and gold towels, and I used to write Chuck Knoll uh, letters about how he should trade for Marcus Allen, and so I've been on that side of the fence, folks. But it blows me away with how much this city only sees one team. I I don't understand it. And maybe that's because I covered the whole league for so long or whatever. So many teams are going to get hit really, really hard this year, including the division. And are are the Steelers going to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year? I'm not saying that. But I trust this front office to find some guys where more so than other teams, and they're not going to be alone with losing more than they gain. Yeah. In fact, the, the Ravens today uh, released uh, their their Pro Bowl snapper, long snapper. No, oh, did they? Um, and it, it was a, a salary cap related move. I assume that's why they let Ingram go. That's why they let Robert yeah, Griffin yeah. go because they've got they don't have a lot of cap space. I think it's like eighteen million dollars. They have a lot of things they need to try to fill. I'm going to run you down a list here of the potential Ravens free agents. Okay, 
and I'm, I'm here on spot track and a lot of these guys have the market value blue thing next to them which means they're going to make buku bucks <laughs> <laughs> that's what that means <laughs> when they have amazing. the thing that says market value it means they're they're going to be uh desired okay matthew judon sure his uh He's make bud money yeah yannick Ngakwe. maybe more than either one of those two willie sneed He's get paid. I mean, receivers yeah. aren't cheap. He's their second leading receiver this yeah, year. Yeah, he's not old either. Ingram, who they cut. Derek Wolf, who they signed this year. Was, yeah, he's a quality play. He's a starter. Matthew Skura, who's their starting I'll center. Start, yeah. Uh, Griffin, they cut. Anthony Levine, who they brought back this year. Chris Moore is a, one of their wide receivers. Tyus Bowser, another one of their outside that's linebackers. Edge guy they've developed, yeah. Pernell McPhee, another one of their outside linebackers. Yeah. That's that's now four, four outside. Four top yeah. guys at, on the edge. Morgan Cox, their long snapper, is gone. Fair enough. DJ Fluker. Played a lot this played year. Played a lot this year as right. a guard. Not necessarily one of them, too. Yeah. But, you know. uh, Tremont Williams, he's done. Des mm, Bryant. Yeah. Jihad Ward, who's another one of their defensive ends, who mm-hmm. plays quite a bit. Justin Ellis, a defensive tackle. Yeah, depth guys, but yeah. important. Again, if you if if you let Wolf walk, you you know you're, you need some somebody has to fill those spots. That's three three hundred pounders on defense that are leaving, and all your edge guys. Uh, Jordan Richards is a strong safety. D'Anthony Thomas, another one of the wide receivers. Uh, Gus Edwards on that list. And Ingram's already gone. And Ingram's already gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some other guys there that are down the roster type guys. But and you want to extend Lamar. And you want to extend Lamar, which You're is going, going to extend Lamar, which is going to cost you a lot of money. And oh, by the way, it does not fix your offensive line. No, Skura leaving comes back. Skura and, and Fluker leaving do not fix your offensive line. No, absolutely not. And they've drafted a couple, and Stanley coming back is huge. And you put Orlando Brown back at right tackle, but they need an interior offensive lineman or two, considering yeah. the guys that. You know, if you if you keep one your own, then you need one. If you don't keep any, you better bring in two. And that doesn't fill your edge rusher spots. Not at all. I need four of them. <laughs> and you need a number one receiver. And you need a number one receiver. More than those other things, even, in my yeah. opinion. At least what we saw on the field. They were the worst passing team in the league. They, they threw for mm-hmm. the least amount of yards in the league this year. What do you think about the Lamar contract? I mean, you can structure it so it doesn't kill you this year. But it's, you know, if you do it this off season, you're going to have a huge signing bonus. And you'll spread it over a, a large stretch. But it might not kill you this year. But it's going to hurt you in future years to go get guys, right? Uh, I mean, they're they're in a tough spot. They're in a tough spot. Uh, looking at the Browns, I know people think, well, the Browns are in a great spot. They want to mm-hmm. they want to give a new deal to, to Mayfield. They're talking the same way, and that's less of a no brainer to me than Allen or Lamar, or, right? You know what I mean? That you, might not. They may be unhappy about that. He played well down the stretch, right? Uh, but they're free agents. Olivier Vernon. I bet he's not back, and that leaves a big hole. That leaves a hole. Kevin Johnson, who is okay, essentially I mean, their their number three corner. Yeah, Terrence Mitchell, who is their lot. nickel. Yeah. yeah, Carl Joseph, one of their starting safeties. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's a lot of secondary snaps that could be leaving. B.J. Goodson, who was their leading tackler this season. Wow, I mean, none of those guys are great players, but they all they were best they had this year. The best they had. Yeah, Kendall Lamb, who was essentially their their backup uh, at, t- at both tackle spots. He Late played enough year. snaps that somebody might give him a shot to be a starter next year. Yeah, you know he's not a he's not a secret anymore. Anderson Sandejo, who started at, at free safety for them all season, he stinks, but still. Again, it's the same conversation. Yeah, with a defensive back that played a lot of snaps out of necessity. Uh, Malcolm Smith, who was one of the other starting linebackers. Wow, I mean their whole back their seven. whole back seven their back seven wasn't any good, mm-hmm. but none of those guys are under contract, so you got to replace them. You got Ward <laughs> and the two LSU kids you've drafted high. 
in the last two drafts. Yeah. You didn't get they, anything out of this they, year. You know, and Greedy Williams can't stay healthy. And Grant Delpit's never played a snap. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi's a good player. That's he's going to get – he's going to cash gonna in. Money. Yeah. Uh, Cody Parkey, their place kicker. Yeah. Kickers aren't cheap. Rashard Higgins, their number two Higgins receiver this year. get money, too. Yeah. He's going to make five or six, don't you think? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if he'll be a starter, but I bet he'll be a top three Somebody will give him somewhere. a shot, yeah. Like the Patriots could use Rashard Higgins. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Kaderil Hodge, Taiwan Taylor, uh, Vincent Taylor, Marvin Hall. These are guys they signed. Michael Dunn played some snaps for them down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, the rest of these guys are there. There's some other guys on there, but they're, you know. But still, a lot of those names you mentioned aren't like, oh, my God, we're going to lose B.J. Goodson. We can't overcome that. But that's the best they got. That's the best they got. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, and you're not gonna, a it's lot not, of holes if they're gone. Yeah, it's not like you're going to be able to go out and, you know, just replace these guys on the open market. Mm-hmm. What do you think they do with Odell? I know he's kind of expensive. You can't trade him. I don't think you can get much in return. He's not going to. Get you two picks to fill two of those needs. They do need a downfield guy. I'm interested to see what they could do with him. I mean, I still think his career is not shot, but he's not cheap. And, no, and I mean, that's headache. the thing. It's I, I don't know. He might I mean, be shot, too. He very well could be. I and mean, He doesn't ever stay healthy. Yeah. And uh, real quick with the Bengals. Um, and they have a lot of needs. The Bengals, they got all kinds of needs. <laughs> Trey Waynes. Yeah. Geno Atkins. Yeah. D- DJ Reader. I wonder if Atkins retires. Wait, DJ Reader. Oh no, like... that's her cap hit. Never mind. Oh, okay. I was DJ Reader is signed. Yeah, he and just Wayne's into him. So I'm on the wrong. Gotcha. Wrong page. Well, if Gino's of that big a cap hit, I wonder if they cut him, which opens a spot. Yeah. Right. Then you then you can, you get a whole different right. conversation. And again, then it opens a three technique hole, and you know, um, they're gonna. Needless to say, the Bengals. It's hard to fill as many needs as they have in one offseason. Okay, here's the Bengals. Okay. A.J. Green. Gone. Sean Williams. He's been okay for them. He's played yeah. a lot of snaps over the years. John Ross, he's gone. Gone. Mackenzie Alexander. And receiver looks like a strength, but now you only have two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you said four. Yeah. Mackenzie Alexander. Hmm. He could be gone. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Huber is their ki- uh, punter. William Jackson, who's their he's other. High-quality yeah. player. Yeah, you can't lose both Mackenzie Alexander and William Jackson. Absolutely not. Carl Lawson's name you're about to mention, too, which is maybe two of their three best defensive players. Alex Erickson, who's been a valuable guy for them as a return. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, with those other two receivers leaving, you'd like to keep Erickson. Uh, Brandon Wilson, hmm. another starter at the uh, – so seen some uh, playing time. Alex Redman, who's a guard for them. He's Fine, seen some, yeah. yeah, seen snaps. Uh, Randy Bullock, their place kicker. Kickers and punters are easy to overlook. But yeah, you got to pay them. They're gonna make more. If you, than don't, last if, year. if you don't have one, right, right, now right. you're in trouble. I mean, like he might be easy to resign, but he's gonna make more than he did last year. Right. Uh, Josh Bynes and one of the inside linebackers, uh, Christian Covington and Mike Daniels. So you know, if you if you do part mm-hmm. ways with with uh, there's three or four names there that you'd love to keep and would be a, a, a problem if they lost. But here's the big one. We haven't talked about him yet. Carl Lawson. Yeah, right. I say it's a huge one. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's use him, him and or Jackson. You got like two or three good defensive players now. Right. You know, you a, go from having three to none to none, or, yeah, <laughs> even four to one, or you know four to two. I mean, and you got to think priority number one is O line. You do get Mixon back, and I think Burrow will be better in his second year, but he's not healthy as we speak. And when will he be? And 
Your linebackers are still really bad, even though you've thrown a lot of draft picks there. And Geno Atkins could be a cap casualty or ain't what he used to be as in a minimum. They they need ten starters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, they probably need two O linemen, a three technique, an edge. Might need more than two O linemen. Might need two more than two, and I'm and I'm including you know their their UFAs as you know you could resign your own and eliminate one of them, but it's hard to go in the off season need ten starters or a dozen starters or so. I mean, that's about where they're at. Yeah, and I don't care how much money you have, mm-hmm. are people going to want to go to Cincinnati? Right. So you end up having to overpay them because it's a miserable situation. I mean, do they cut a Gio Bernard or some of these guys that are making okay money? I mean, I don't know all these t- cap situations. There'll be a long list of easy cap casualties that some of these teams have. But to your point, all these teams are in the same boat. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, so it, it doesn't all happen in a vacuum. It's not just, well, no. the Steelers are going to lose these five guys and, oh, my God, they, they can't compete without those. These other teams aren't going to – they're up against it too. They're not all going to end up on the Browns. Right, <laughs> and you're gonna be playing against them, and you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Browns, interesting the Browns have a little bit of cap space. They don't have a great deal mm-hmm. of cap, not enough to to sign a whole new back seven. No, and <laughs> Baker's getting a contract soon. And, yeah, right. Yeah, you know. I, by I the way, be the most it, aggressive of the three. At some point, you're gonna have to pay Chubb. Yes, and I'm sure they will. They've already paid Hunt. Yeah, who do you think of those teams will be the most aggressive adding from outside the organization? I would think the Bengals would want to, but that's a tough sell. I think the Browns will want to. They've been that's kind of their style. But uh, you know, when you when you look at um they should sign a linebacker and defensive back. They, they, I would roll with the offense. They could have done that though. They, they like they let Kirksey go and they let uh mm-hmm. um who's it, uh Joe Schobert go. Yeah, Schobert would be good. Well, well, again, it's a Browns like move. Mm-hmm. They cut Joe Hayden. Yeah. You don't think sense. Joe Hayden would have helped you? You don't think Joe Schobert would have helped you? He wasn't better than those guys you were running out there this year? Yeah, Schobert would have been really useful. Um, I would invest in Ojanobi. Of the guys that are up, he'd be the one I'd really want to keep. But there's a lot of corners, and how are you going to build a whole secondary? I mean, the Browns would... are, are estimated right now. This is this is estimating the salary cap coming in at $180 million. They have $19.5 million in cap space. Okay. So they're not, they're not flush with cash. No, they don't have a ton. I mean, they're... Now you're paying the Miles Garrett yeah. of the world. I mean, the Ravens are at 19.4. They've got the you know second most cash, but it's not that much. That's though. not that. Once quick. you start, once you you know, once you sign an edge rusher, once you you know, let's yeah. say they franchise, if they franchise one of those guys, who would you franchise? I mean, Nadakwe. Nadakwe, I guess. I think it'd be Judon because you just franchise Judon. You can't mm-hmm. afford to franchise Judon a second time. Well, that would be a second one for Nadakwe too, right? That's Isn't true. Playing on a franchise. That's true. Through, so you can't really jazz. afford to do that with either one either of those one, guys, right? So they're going to go. He grew up in Maryland. He went to Maryland. Maybe you've, you're so, walking and working on a deal with him. But no but way do you sign both. He can't. All right. And, and it, they don't have a Highsmith waiting around. And even a yeah, even a, a let's say you get him, you sign him to a four year, eighty million dollar deal. Well, mm-hmm. That's going to eat up a bunch of your cap space. I mean, contradictory to what we're talking about, if we knew all these teams like we knew the Steelers. They probably have a, a McDonald. Or right, they probably they have some kind of plan in place. Like, but it's not like they're going to be jumping into free agency here and just going, oh, we'll take oh, one right, of these yeah, and two right. of those and five of those. I'll take Juju. I'll yeah. take Allen Robinson. Like people are saying, well, Bud's going to sign with the Ravens. No, he's not. They can't afford him. They can't afford that. Why wouldn't they keep Judon at the same price or less or yeah. in that neighborhood? Yeah, right. And 
I'm sure like Calais Campbell, they can restructure or cut or somebody's. I'm sure there's others. They just resigned Stanley. Maybe they can extend. But I don't. I don't know that. Around. I don't. You know, know. I don't know the, the extending Calais Campbell at 35 years old Maybe or cut him. or you know doing. But then you already lost Wolf too. Like now you, right. They're both they're of those defensive fine. lines. You know, is the men that you went out and, and paid for in free agency. Now you don't have either one. Right. Brandon Williams is making decent money. Yeah. Is he worth it at this point? He he opted out this year. Like yeah, yeah that'll be tough. I mean, it, it comes down to the old adage, and we talked about this with all this, these quarterbacks. Like, Lamar's going to have to carry the team even more than he is now. Yeah. He's just said and done. I mean, it just is. Yeah, and especially, I mean, you're not dynamic offensively. You just weren't. No. You know, two years ago, yes, you were. You caught everybody mm-hmm. by, by storm. Uh, you took everybody by storm, I should say. People adjusted in your in, in the second year, sure. full time year as a starter. Now, what can you do to, to get better? In the last month of the season, they rolled over a bunch of bad defenses, and, and that's not something you can take away from them. I mean, they're right. still hard to play against, but when the chips are down, you need to throw the ball on third and eight, or in a game against the Chiefs, or these type of you know the Bills. The running games, you need more than a running game. Yeah, like I went on with uh, Stan Saverin earlier today, and he said, "Well, the Steelers will clearly be number or clearly number three in the division." I'm like, "Are they?" I don't know. Because they just won the division. I saw that this year. Right. Um, yes, they didn't win the playoff game against the Browns, but they still swept the Ravens and split with the Browns in a regular season. And they split with the Browns in a regular season because they really didn't, you know, yeah. play that Could game they to win it. Worse in that playoff game too. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like the the Browns came in and blew their doors off. Like, and... which franchise do you trust to get it right? Yeah, I was just saying that too. <laughs> I mean, in terms of who's going to have the better draft class, who's going to. Prepare what you know and pay the. Well, that's the other part of this. Now the Browns are they aren't picking they seventh picking anymore. First overall. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. 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 They're they're going to be picking below the Steelers actually. Ravens are used to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the I mean, Bengals I, are used. I to trust the I trust the Steelers and Ravens front offices oh, much yeah. more so than I trust the Browns. Absolutely. And I'm impressed with their coaching staff, and I think they're going the right direction. But this is uncharted waters. Yeah. This is not uh, you know. Now all of a sudden you made the playoffs and you're picking I think 25th or 26th something like that. This, yeah, they're picking after the Steelers. It does obviously. not get easy from here. Now no. you're now you're not getting. Oh, I'll just have I'll, I'll take the best offensive tackle. I'll take mm-hmm. you know that guy might not be a starter in, in year one. Right. Or shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean that's that's tough. A little different. Oh, it is. Uh, anyways, we're gonna take huh. a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Man, I wanted to finish up on the uh, continuing on this subject of the salary cap stuff because again, people in Pittsburgh are, are assuming that uh, Armageddon is coming. Sky is falling. Sky is falling. Um, I'm looking here at Spot Track, and they're estimating again the cap coming in at 180 million and change. I think mm-hmm. it's going to come in higher than that. But if that's the case, I'm looking here. Effectively, what would happen would be 18 of the teams in the league would have to essentially, to, to make any roster moves in the offseason, to sign anybody, would have to cut guys. Wow. 18 of the 32. More than the half the league. And I bet a lot of them don't have the massive amount of cap space the Steelers have a year from now. Right. I That's mean, a, yeah. I'm sure they don't. 
even the the numbers in, in terms of cap space, Jacksonville has seventy four point five million dollars in cap space. That's the most. That's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. But these other teams, if you if I'm looking at at the other end of that, the Saints are at minus one hundred and five million. <laughs> There's a hundred and seventy hundred eighty million dollar difference there between the two. Cap itself, yeah. The bad teams are worse than what the good teams are sitting at. Yeah, the yeah, Eagles right. are sitting there at minus fifty one point eight million dollars. The Steelers or the Falcons are at minus thirty three million dollars. The Steelers are at minus twenty eight million dollars. Uh, the Rams are at minus twenty seven point seven million. The rate uh, the Packers are at minus twenty seven million. All those teams need stuff to, yeah. you know, like the Saints were sitting pretty, but they don't have a starting quarterback in that equation. Well, really. Taysom yeah. Hill. Taysom Hill. <laughs> That's yeah. what they got. That's what they got, right. Um, Everybody's in trouble. Yeah, the, the, every team in the league. Uh, the Houston Texans, who have no draft picks, are $17.6 million over the cap. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> they have no way of getting better, basically. The Kansas City Chiefs are $18 million over the cap. Wow, I wonder what they do. I'm like, who can you get rid of out of that equation? Sammy Watkins and I don't know, maybe. Well, he's in the free agent. I think he might be up. Yeah. yeah, he might be done by now. So that's that's not going to Frank Clark or you know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And your offensive lines in shambles in right shambles now. Shambles, and you're picking 31 or 32, and right. I mean, Eric Fisher tore his Achilles yesterday. Yeah. Oh, he he won't be ready for this. He won't season. be ready to start the season. You're no. need a left tackle. You're gonna probably need a left tackle. And you've mentioned this a couple times. The teams that have money, as usual, are the bad ones. Maybe the Colts are a little different. Patriots probably stand alone in terms of just their uh, you know, ability to attract players. I don't know if good or bad, but they're their own entity. But these are the worst teams in the league. I mean, can the can Urban Meyer and uh, Robert Sala and those front offices convince people to take? The, it's going to be different this time. It's going to be different. Yeah, you know, I mean, like if you're go- if you're a free agent, you're go- you're looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is appealing, but I've never seen him in a. You say, okay, before. what's different this time around? Because you signed a bunch of guys in 2015, 16, 17. To more than they were worth. To more than they were worth. You won one season with them, and then you tore it down. Then you started cutting guys like crazy. Yeah, right, right, right. Because you missed on everything else. And you yeah. didn't build properly. Um, you, you would think that the teams with money will be able to get guys at a discount because there's, there's fewer homes for these players, and, and more people are going to get cut. But if the homes still aren't that attractive, right? Might these teams just take a one? Or might these players just okay? You cut me. Why don't you re-sign me to a one-year deal or three quarters of what we were at, and then we'll revisit it a year from now. Both sides understand. Like even some of the teams that have cap space, like the Cowboys have seventeen million dollars in cap space. But Dak's they don't have a quarterback. That. He's going to be yeah. double that himself. Right. I mean, they'd, I'm sure they'd like to even franchise him so they don't have to fight with other teams. Well, they can't. Yeah, we talked about the Ravens with their 19.4. Well, that, that's with no outside linebacker or no mm-hmm. edge rushers and offensive line needs. Like, I mean, did Dallas need to cut guys like Tyron Smith? You know, later franchise players have something wrong with them, you know, yeah. at the moment. There's going to be crazy people getting let go. That's why I, I they're believe, land somewhere. That's why I believe that, you know, the league, for the good of the league, Yes. And I know when we talked to Bob Labriola a couple of weeks ago, well, you got to convince these other teams. They're still the minority, though. They're, they're the minority. I mean, yeah. if you look at the teams that were in the championship game this weekend in the NFL, it was Buffalo, it was Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. That's revenue sharing. 
Oh, yeah, best. yeah. That right. doesn't happen in baseball, for example. <laughs> no, right, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's no Yankees in there. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. Dodgers. You're talking about the size of the towns yeah. and all that, right. The, the, the markets are, are, you know, some of the smallest. Green Bay is the smallest market in the country. Oh, by far. That has, right, a, pro right. football, that has a pro team yeah, of any right. sport. You don't have an owner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's that comes about because of revenue sharing. So convincing these other owners, you know, I know Bob said, well, you got to convince the, the you know, the Jaguars. The you got to convince Shad yeah. Khan that this is a good thing for the league if we raise that capital. I think his pocketbook won't do much convincing. It, it shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, maybe it hurts their chances of winning a little bit. Quite frankly, I mean, if, if I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, I got $75.5 million, or I got $74.5 million, but you're going to tell me that I can have $90 million? In cap exactly. space? Exactly, right, right. Yeah, okay. I'm still a buyer, just as it's still relative. Right. I'm, I'm still yeah. into it. I, I I hate talking economics because I don't know anything. But I do know that this league has been unbelievably successful, that if you went to a bank and said, this is our business model and this is our history, they'd be like, I'll give you a loan for <laughs> – you could buy Thailand and you could buy <laughs> Egypt, you know, because it's the best business model in the world, that if they act as their own bank and just say – Let's just keep it at two hundred million. We'll make up for it. They would be fine. Yeah. I mean, every one of these owners can handle it, especially if you knew that they're at least going to be people in the seats, which I think we know at this point next yeah. year. Maybe it won't be full to capacity, but there's going to be people in every stadium next year. There's going to be people in every stadium next year. The television contracts are going to be. Yeah. You know, again, if you look at the the TV deals or or the the TV ratings. I, we haven't seen the ratings for yesterday's games yet. I bet they're pretty good. I bet they're pretty darn good. I'll bet you they were two of the most watched sporting uh, events uh, of the year. I'll, not even just sporting events, just events. Most watched things. Yeah. I'll bet there were more eyes on those two yeah. games yesterday than any other show that's been on TV in the last six months, eight months. <laughs> Probably true. I yeah. mean, I'm sure they blew away NHL, NBA Finals, you know, all the World Series. Yeah. There was a thing uh, a couple years ago, I, I looked it up, and somebody, somebody, tweeted something out that the NHL Finals, it was the highest-rated NHL Finals ever. Good. They're going in the right direction. So I went and I looked to see where that would rank in terms of NFL, <laughs> NFL. games. It didn't even make the top 100. <laughs> <laughs> just regular season. Right, right, right. Here, here we Week go. Two, yeah. Jags-Bears does just as well. Yeah. And nothing to play for. Wow. It's, I mean, it's it, a golden goose. It really is. And so the only way that they, they screw this up is by not increasing the cap. Right. Even if it means we're, quote, Breaking the formula. I'm not even saying increasing. I'm, I'm saying incre- not increasing the cap from where it's at this year, but increasing it from 180 million. See, I think you could get to 200. I don't think it's crazy. I think at least you, you keep the status quo and say, okay, we're going to put it. We're going to keep it at 190, 198 million. It was 198.4 million this year. Oh, I was thinking it was 200. That's why I keep yeah. going to that number. It was close to 200. Right. Because I mean, all these teams signed these people thinking that's where it was going to be too. Yeah. Like, you're throwing everybody a curveball with how they built their team. And I realize we're in a, it's a pandemic and things happen. But you're the NFL. You don't have to worry about this. Like you're not the you're not the NHL. Twenty million times thirty two teams is a drop in the bucket to billion dollar franchises that you know you're getting back. Yeah. Uh, again, so I, I don't like talking. Yeah. About so I'm just I, I'm not in a situation here where I think the sky is falling uh, with no. any of this. But I hope they don't screw it up and say, well, we're going to do one eighty one. And because that's what the number, that's what the formula told us, and we're going to live by our formula. I, I don't think, year. I don't think either side wants that. I really don't. Nobody wins. There'd be way too many people changing teams. I just think the face of the league would change more than it should, and it would hurt the product. 
It would definitely hurt the product. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So it would obviously hit home to the Steelers too. Yeah, um, and, and I'm I'm not even looking at this from a Steelers centric no, uh, situation. I mean, they'll figure it out. Uh, they'll figure it out better than most teams do. Yeah, uh, I just think the league as a whole could take a hit. And this, this worried me more than not having some people in the stands. Cap to me is my biggest fear since the whole COVID thing hit. I mean, does anybody really want to see the Saints have to trade away their six Pro Bowl guys? Right, that, Michael Thomas and Cameron Jordan and and I don't Cam even know that, that because of the way that NFL get you there because of the way NFL contracts are structured. I don't know that that get that gets you where to where you need to be. No, right. Because or, you, the, the team that's trading him still has to take that the hit on this on the signing bonus. You have to trade the Ram checks and Lattimore's and the guys you're about to sign. You know what I mean? Like I I, I haven't bro- I haven't looked at the Saints picture from a, it's brutal but they would run out a completely different team next year they're on a completely different team of, we know they're gonna have a different quarterback so be it i mean that's a bad that's yeah. the life you chose uh, you know right? with quite like six rookie free agent starters because that, they, that that's what they they'd would, have to do there would be a, a somewhat of a scab lineup i would think i mean just looking i'm going to call it their their lineup or their uh cap situation here i mean right now Taysom hill's the only one under contract I mean, you might have to trade Kamara for a third round pick. Well, you got Breeze is actually under contract, um, so he comes off that. Yeah, his cap hit is thirty six point one million, but cutting yeah. him get, still leaves you with twenty two point six million in dead cap space. Oh, yeah, but in retiring is yeah. the same as cutting, right? Cameron Jordan, if you get rid of him, his cap hits eighteen point nine. If you get rid of him, his dead his dead cap is sixteen point nine. You only gain two million dollars by by getting rid of this guy. He's one of the top ten defense players in the league. Yeah. So I mean, cutting him makes no sense. Michael Thomas is eight, an $18.8 million cap hit. If you cut him, it's $23 million against your cap. So you actually lose cap space. <laughs> and your number one receiver. And your number one. Teron Armstead, their left tackle, is tremendous. Great player, yeah. $16.2 million cap hit. If you cut him, it's still a $9.6 million cap hit. So, I mean, I mean some of it you could be like, they were irresponsible for all these contracts. and. And we know that team has gone all in at the end of Reese's career. They're the most aggressive spenders in the league. So they deserve a downturn. Right. But they thought they were playing with a different deck of cards, too. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like Andres Pete. People say, oh, I could trade Andres Pete. He counts $11.6 million against their cap. If they get rid of him, it's 19.4. You're, you're losing <laughs> you're cap losing space money. by getting rid of these guys. Get rid of your starting guard. Yeah. Demario Davis is the same way. $10.8 million against the cap. He costs you seventeen point four if you do something with him. So what can they get rid of? You know, <laughs> the, the real assets. I mean, like Marcus Williams is a free agent. No chance he comes. No back, chance. Obvious. Right. Marshawn Lattimore is, is a straight ten point two four million. That off the, okay. Yeah, he's gone. You could trade him for a third round pick to yeah. the Jags or whatever. You know, Emmanuel Sanders saves you six million dollars in cap space. Well, he's gone. Gonna, he's gone. Of course, those guys are gone. But a lot of these guys, Malcolm like Lattimore is one of the most you know sought after corners in the league. Like. If I'm the Jags, I can get that guy for a third round pick and pay right because people know you got to get rid of him. It's I'll like it, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, it just right. it just doesn't you know. Are, you know right. Alvin Kamara's got a five million dollar cap hit next year. I, I am reading this right. Five million dollar cap hit next year. If you cut him, it's twenty nine point five million dollars <laughs> against your cap. <laughs> He's you gonna be a save. Yeah. You can't do anything with these guys. Him and Jordan and Pete and uh, what's the face the left tackle. They're gonna be Saints. Yeah, you're not gonna lose money to cut them. So they're coming back for sure. They're coming, which I mean, doesn't leave you much else. They had this. I mean, they saw that this was coming. Of course, so they went all in. I mean, yeah. they jumped in the deep end, but, but they also didn't know it would be this degree. They didn't so. know. Yeah, they, they're thinking, okay, it's going to come in at you know two hundred and fifteen million. We can do some things here, sure, and sure. you know, make this make this work. And even at two hundred, they'd be in trouble. But 
so be it. I mean, that's right. a bed they made. Right. They knew that they wanted to go all in with Breeze while he was still. Right. You and know. they went very far and, you know, they didn't reach their goal in the last couple of years, but they won a lot of games and, you know, so be it. Yeah. That's the price to pay. I mean, they're going to rebuild. But wow. What's interesting, <laughs> though, like you said, those five or six core veterans that have to come back, the Kamaras and Pete's that are good players. So the Saints are going to have good starters. But they like have to gut everything else then. Yeah, you're gonna have all the, the you're, you're gonna have this core five guys mm-hmm. and nothing around them. And the guy next to them is gonna be a seventh round pick. Yeah, start or a, a, a rookie free agent that you it's nothing. Yeah, all right, wow. Because that's all you can afford. That's all you can afford, and you can't even. That's not a product that's good for the league. I, I say it's a terrible thing to watch. You know, Kamara with no blocking. Yeah, you know that type of thing, or Winston with no blocking, and uh, Michael Thomas is your only pass catcher worth anything, or you know. Wow. And the other thing even about them, which, again, is their fault, they only had, like, three draft picks last year. Right. So they don't have anybody waiting in the wings. I mean, they traded up for Troutman and, you know, the, the, all their early picks. They don't have any mid-round guys just to plug in for a stopgap linebacker. Yeah, it's a very top-heavy. It is. Yeah. And they can't afford that eight-year veteran linebacker that's not quite good enough to be a starter that you can get cheap, you know, that signed to a one-year deal league minimum. They, they can't do that even. Yeah, they're, they're you can't they're, sign anybody. Sponsored. Yeah, so I mean, is that a situation that every? I mean, I get it. They they made their they bed. They made their bed, and Jacksonville's not crying for them. Don't get me wrong, but it's not good for the league, right? And the Eagles the same way. The Eagles are the same. Yeah, I mean, these teams that are grossly over that number mm-hmm. are are going to be in trouble. And you're just giving away players at a fire sale. That's what I don't like about yeah. It. You know, who wants who wants? Then you're Marshall then you're the Jaguars from two years ago. Hey, let's just burn it down and get rid mm-hmm. of everybody. Yeah, it's not good for the league to. A high-quality asset. I keep bringing up Lattimore because he's a top corner. And we know he has to go because we can't afford him. We can't pay our electric bill. Yeah, you know? so, I good. mean, that's that's why I expect something to happen there. But, uh, Matt, that's going to do it for our show today. All right. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, so for my partner here, uh, Matt Williamson, for Jacob here on site keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.